Hello, and welcome to Spotlight On, the podcast that brings together business leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts covering a range of topics. I'm Nicholas Barton, founder and CEO of the Barton Partnership. We're an award-winning executive recruitment and consulting solutions firm, providing permanent search and independent consulting services across strategy, sustainability, and M&A, data and analytics, and transformation and change. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of our Women in Leadership podcast series. I'm Imogen Sia, Senior Consultant and Consumer Practice Lead at the Barton Partnership. Joining me today is Anne-Law Renault, former Chief Commercial and Marketing Officer at SSP Group. Now, Anne-Law began her career in finance at L'Oreal before moving into consulting at Bain & Company, then transitioning back to industry as Strategic Project Director at KFC across France and Spain. And Law, wonderful to have you on this afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm uh, thrilled to uh, discuss with you today. So Anne Law, it'd be great if we could start by you kind of sharing a little bit of an overview of your career journey to date. Well, I started my career in L'Oreal. Uh, I studied with L'Oreal as an intern. The first thing I wanted when I started to work was really to, to do something international and to have something that will be changing. So that's how I did join uh, L'Oreal in an um, internal audit team. And it was very international. So we would go out for a month auditing companies and coming back with our recommendation for the top management from the group. I did that for five years. Uh, I was naturally um, expected to, to take uh, a CFO role within L'Oreal. So it was really nice because I would have uh, become one of the youngest uh, CFO of the group. Uh, I was like 28, I remember. Very nice for your ego, but then I realized that I couldn't picture myself in finance at all. It was very uh, recurring activities, uh, like changes. So it was it wasn't really uh, I couldn't picture myself in this kind of role, and I rather do an MBA to expand my horizon and uh, broaden my perspective. Uh, joined the Kellogg team, uh, the one year program. I did an amazing year with uh, the, all the international students. And uh, discussing with students and friends, uh, I decided to join some uh, consulting companies. It was another way for me to continue to expand uh, my knowledge in terms of different industry and in terms of um, type of work. So I joined Bain & Company in Paris, in the Paris office. Uh, I was at the time where I decided to come back to live in France because it had been five years that I was traveling all around the world. Uh, for L'Oreal or in the US for my MBA. And I, then I decided to come back to France. So it took me about six, mo- six months to uh, adapt again to the French uh, culture and the French way of working. But it, uh, it did work out pretty well. Within Bain, it was a great experience. I could uh, tackle very different type of companies, very different type of projects from uh, due diligence with private equity companies I uh, also worked on big roadmaps, some uh, big names like uh, Danone, Carrefour. I had very uh, extensive um, exposure to very different topics in business. Uh, I think that's where I did develop uh, the best methodology uh, in my career, and that's something that I use the most today. But after three years in Bain, and I remember one specific project, which was for Cronenbourg, where I knew exactly that what we did recommend was exactly what was to be done to be successful on the market. They were looking for new uh, product innovation. 
And I could I could see that the team didn't really get it for many reasons. I mean, the team didn't really absorb the project. They didn't see how to get it done. So I could see that uh, our project would, would most likely stay on the shelf. And it was very frustrating because I knew exactly how to do it. So that's how I started uh, looking around. And I was called to join uh, uh, KFC at the time uh, that was uh, developing uh, the brand uh, nationally in France. And I really wanted to get in a job where I could see the impact of what I would be doing. Uh, so that's how I joined uh, KFC in the role between uh, a strategy and operational. I was reporting to the CFO and the CEO. We worked together on the business model of KFC. Uh, we decided to switch the strategy from a 70% company-owned units to 70% franchise units. So it's a big shift in terms of strategy. And KFC was also at the time when they were developing themselves very fast. So I also did work on all, every single um, functional directions, marketing, operations, development, to build capabilities within the team on various topics. And it was great to see how you can create a partnership with the different uh, functional teams and really have a strong impact on the business. And after three years, I felt a bit uh, frustrated again on the, um, the fact that I was still in a transversal and kind of consulting uh, role. I was influencing more and I could see the results of what I was doing, but I was not fully leading every single activities. So that's how I that's why I decided to look for a role where I would have PNL responsibilities uh, and have direct uh, impact on actions. So that's how I met with SSP. Uh, so SSP is a, a leader in the is a food operator in travel retail. It's the leader in the French market. I worked there for six years. I really had a great uh, a great time there. Turning around the team is a, a fantastic experience. Uh, it's not easy, uh, but it's much easier than I thought initially. It's really much uh, around listening people and uh, and make people work together. And when you see the result of what a team can do, uh, it really drives energy. It's uh, I was always amazed by uh, the impact we can have as a team, and I'm still amazed on how we did manage to to uh, deliver every year 30% above the target. So it was a great time. Uh, I spent six years there, and today I'm looking for a CEO role in um, in a company that uh, have brands and network and really have this. Um, business issues of developing themselves, innovating, uh, structuring themselves, and especially when they need to work with teams and organize themselves. Fantastic. Well, it's such a, such a diverse background. And I'm very keen to touch back, actually, on law. Uh, lots of points raised, which I kind of want to flag with you. But talk me through this decision process then. So Going from L'Oreal, making the decision to step out and do your MBA, then going to Bain. I mean, there are lots of kind of different factors in play here, big decisions to be made. Firstly, what advice would you give to perhaps other individuals out there who are thinking about making that bold decision and leaving behind their, perhaps their early career in, in a completely different direction? And secondly, how do you feel the MBA has really kind of set you up for success in the future. 
Well, that, there's one class in MBA that did um, have a strong, very strong impact on my self-reflection. Is um, it was a, a leadership class, and the content of the class more or less was, you are like a flower, like a flower. When you give it enough water and enough light, it thrives. So you can consider yourself as a flower. You get enough light. Are you at the right place? And do you get enough water? You get enough content, topics, social interaction, whatever you need that drives your energy. If you do have it, then perfect that you are at the right place and you'll continue to develop yourself. If you feel like you're not exactly there, that you have a small voice telling you, oh, I'm a bit frustrated, that's a signal to tell you that, well, maybe you, you're not exactly getting what you want. And that's always one of the reasons that made me uh, make the move that I've done every time. The other thing is you need to be true with yourself. Like, what do you need? What drives your energy? And there's no limit to your ambition. The only person that can tell that you cannot make something is yourself. So if you want something, then just try and get it. It's what I've done. And so far, it has worked. Fantastic. It was a great lesson to learn. I think that's something I think that the pandemic has highlighted. I think, you know, life is too short. I think, you know, you have to kind of go out there and, and take whatever opportunity you can by the reins and, and go for it. That's a great lesson for perhaps some of the aspiring young strategy consultants out there or those who are looking to dip their toe in a, in a different market. Touching on an SSP, like you say, you took the business from, you know, 70% owned and managed to 70% franchise. Now, how, how did you adapt your leadership to this in, in what would be a very different kind of hospitality environment? Well, moving from consulting to the restaurant industry is um, kind of a shock. <laughs> Type of management is very different. In consulting, people are really smart. And they do understand all the conceptual words. Um, in the restaurant industry, you have great people as well, but they do work in a very different manner. They're much more pragmatic. When I started at first, I remember one project on which I was working and people listened to me for an hour. And then a guy, thanks to him, came back to me and uh, tell me, well, Anna, you seem very smart, but I didn't get a single word of what you said. So you really need to adapt your way of talking. You need to adapt in a way to be much more pragmatic. And you also need to listen to people. And the key success to make it work is ideas have to come from the team. If you tell people you need to do this, it's um, very unlikely that people will do it. If uh, you point out a situation that needs to be improved and people are coming with solutions, it's much more likely that they will implement their own ideas. So you need to, to be very um, patient listen to people and empower them to get in a certain direction. So you really get the sense of setting a vision and orchestrating people to get there. That's what makes the real difference. So coming from strategy consulting is not enough to have the right vision and knowing what to do. To really have an impact, you need to know how to orchestrate it. Understood. So it's all about how do you translate that into operational kind of execution at the end of the day. And do you think if we look around the biggest lessons that you've learned throughout your career, would it be around this kind of translation of strategic know-how 
into the world of hospitality or are there other are there key things or key examples that you can draw to? In terms of key lessons, you need to, um, to find your own style uh, in terms of management and leadership. At the very beginning, I did try to some extent to mimic some men's style. In general, it doesn't work. You really need to find your own style. So touching on this then, your leadership style as a woman, I mean, I guess firstly, what motivates you as a leader? You know, why are you ultimately now looking for that CEO role? Well, there's one thing that I really did develop in SSP and I did realize. You really need to understand who you are and and be true to yourself. But I'm someone who is a developer, so I like developing things in general, developing people. And I'm really good in setting a vision and orchestrating it. I really love this unique feeling when you set a vision and you succeed in the orchestration of it. Uh, You see your team taking initiatives, uh, developing their own capabilities when they collaborate together. It's actually, you have this unique feeling where you, you, you feel like your impact is unlimited. It's actually a great, great feeling. That's what motivates me because I really feel like I, I can have a huge impact by my way of working with people. And I think that what I've developed over time is really uh, great listening skills. I mean, besides the traditional uh, business vision and, and expertise, it's really our listening skills and setting people in a, in a collaborative mode and uh, supporting them in the way of working. And you really get uh, amazing results. Now you've touched on, I guess, particular stylistic features that you've, you've picked up on. Is there a, a leadership lesson that you've learned that's unique to being a female leader? I know you touched on, on the men's style perhaps earlier on, but what do you think is unique? Maybe there's two things. You need to find your own style and being true to yourself. And I would say often as women, we do not, um, I mean, when I was younger, I was a bit ashamed of my ambition. Sometimes you uh, you do not dare to tell that you have ambition. It took me a while to assume that, okay, I had ambition and I'm fine with, and I know how to have my proper balance in terms of personal and professional work. You have to find your own balance. Uh, it's very specific to each person. Uh, I had a friend, for example, she was working with me in Bain and she had uh, four kids. She had a nanny for the day, a nanny for the night. And she was uh, completely aligned with herself doing this. I mean, she felt right. It's really a question of personal balance. I personally had two kids as I was uh, uh, in the management team. And uh, I found it easier to have kids in an executive position than if I had them earlier. So one of the lessons is it's okay to have ambition and the way you manage your personal life, it's your own business, but you need to find uh, the right balance that is okay for you. And it's very different uh, between people. What works for me probably won't work for someone else. Very much so, a unique scenario. And you you talked about obviously Kate Swan joining in the business, very different ambitions for for SSP. Are there any particular lessons that you learned working for Kate? Well, she, I really like working with her. I did learn a lot. She had very high expectations. And at the same time, she taught me how to, uh, to work in a very, um, without too much tension to some extent. She kept on telling, you over-deliver, but you are um, under-promise. And by doing that on a regular basis, it puts you in a very nice position where you always have something in your back pocket. So when pressure arises, you always have something to propose. 
of subjects. And it allows you to really work in a very um, comfortable environment because you always have something to, uh, to come up with. So when you are in another environment where you need to deliver on a day-to-day, uh, it was one of the greatest lessons I learned from her. Good. And I think it's I think it's very important to have those really inspirational women to learn from. I think that's a key factor in anyone's consideration. It should be when you're thinking about making any moves externally, I think. And you know, having these sort of mentors or you know, inspirational women to look up to. So what are your thoughts on the challenges and opportunities for developing women as future leaders? I think one of the challenges is uh, what I uh, mentioned a bit earlier is uh, help women finding their personal balance between work and personal life. I recently um, listened to uh, someone who was in my class in Kellogg, Christina Junkera. She's a co-founder of New Bank in Brazil, uh, a billion-dollar fintech company. And she was pictured pregnant in one of the uh, financial magazines. And... Um, where I could relate with her was she really was true to herself and she assumed a difference. And she also uh, find herself her personal balance. So I guess when it comes to women in leadership and, and female talent in the workplace being disproportionately affected by the pandemic as well. So what are some of the successful initiatives that you've seen, Anne-Law, to kind of drive both the attraction and retention of, of female talent in the workplace? Well, a company where I've seen the, the best initiatives are within Bain. It's not very intuitive, but uh, in reality, strategy consulting is, I would say, the best place to, uh, to have a flexible uh, work life. I mean, they were great in uh, accommodating uh, people. They were offering flex hours. They would adapt to the staffing to your, your personal situation. As you work on a project, it's easy to stop for two or three months or work on the site projects as a support project for, for Bain and really uh, reduce uh, intensity of your work. So it's actually the best place where I've seen um, the best initiatives uh, to support women um, in their personal life. I did replicate to some extent in my team where I was very flexible in uh, helping them managing their personal life. I always allowed homeworking, flex hours whenever they had personal issues to deal with. And I could see that they always deliver on time and deliver qualitative work. And it actually put them in um, in a trust situation. And in general, they were outperforming my expectations. Fantastic. So I think it's interesting, these themes around the flexibility provided to to women or or frankly, it could be men also who are looking at their other halves and kind of, I guess, listening to their needs and providing a a form of kind of personalized experience. Interesting that that's kind of come from from the world of strategy consulting and and the world of Bain. Um, But lovely to hear how you've taken that into your own team as well. From an, an attraction perspective, what do you think are some of the more successful initiatives from attracting those? Do you think, it, again, it's around what flexibility we can offer in the workplace? Are there any other factors that you think we need to be paying more attention to? Well, attracting women is, um, it's its not only about flexibility, it's also about the content of the job. But it's the same for men or women. The project needs to be attractive. And as a leader, you need to be attractive as well in a way that you need to come across as someone who knows where it goes. If you manage to set a proper vision and 
set a clear direction, it's very attractive for people to join you because then they know exactly where they're going. And the second point that is important for them as well is that to understand they will have enough autonomy to um, propose something, to suggest something, to develop something, to come up with their own ideas and do their own work. So you come just as a, a support person, like a coach, to help them solve some problems, but they are the leader in one specific topic. So I, I would say that these two things that uh, help me attract great people and uh, setting a clear vision and let them do their work was the two components of attracting them. This trust piece is a, mm. a key factor there as well. Fantastic. And and finally, I guess, and law. I mean, what advice would you give to the, the next generation of, of women starting their careers in strategy? I would suggest you uh, be true to yourself and there's no limit to your ambition. The other thing is, it's easy to say, it's not always to do on a, on a day-to-day basis. The other thing is, and especially for women, diversity is a key driver for successful companies and I think it's been accelerated by the COVID. And I think women have, it's easier for women to manage diversity. To some extent, they're more ease to work with different people, open to collaboration. They're much more comfortable working in an agile uh, way of working. And I, I think these, uh, these characteristics are key for the companies tomorrow to, uh, to develop themselves and be competitive. Uh, and women are a bit less attracted by power. Power can be a driver. But often for women, it's not enough. For men as well, by the way, but for women especially. And being able to contribute economically, but not only also socially and environmentally, is important for women. And they can really leverage uh, their difference uh, and nurture their difference. It works for men as well, by the way, because it's it's just how, how you are true to yourself and you make a difference versus others. What is a unique thing that you're bringing to the community or to the, to the world in general? So the only thing I would tell to people is being true to yourself and stick to it. Fantastic. And I think I, I love this piece around, you know, yes, women and we're, we're part of this kind of big movement and shift, but, you know, the play, the part that we can play to really further emphasize that and strengthen that and, and continue pushing forward is, is very, very important. So I, I love that. And what a great way to, to finish things off, Van Law. So look, thank you very much again for, for being part of our Women in Leadership podcast series. Great to have you on board. Thank you for our discussion.